It's not the dad podcast. The Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back, Let's Go Racing Family, to another episode. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the longest NASCAR track and the longest NASCAR race, which was the Echo Park Grand Prix and the Coca-Cola 600. Two actually really exciting races with some interesting winners. So why don't we go ahead and start off with the Echo Park race? This is one where um, we had to how to say the race in one word. Chaos. Havoc. Destruction. That's three. That's three words. <laughs> okay, so well, why, one of them. why why was it chaos and havoc and destruction? Well, because you have like chaos, like everybody's spinning calm. And then the destruction part is like Cole Custard and Martin Truex Jr. wreck. Christopher Bell Bubba Wallace are out of the race. Kevin Harvick gets like lifted into the air. Truex also does. It was crazy. Why? You you told the us wrecks. what happened. Yes, but why were there so many wrecks? The rain. There you go. It was the rain. This track is pretty big. It's 3.6 miles, and you have to drive all of that in 20 turns. And this is a track usually driven by the F1 cars. And this was the. And how old is this track? So the track actually opened on October 21st, 2012. Well, actually, that was the that was the year I was born in, 2012. So I'm actually a bit older than a racetrack. Yeah, you're about to turn nine. The track will turn nine later this year. So, and it was again, it was designed for F1, which makes it. I mean, it's a fantastic facility. From what we saw, there were a lot of, like you said, Sebastian, a lot of turns, and then also, what was the other interesting uh, thing when you looked at the track? There was a very very long backstretch, and it also was not flat. There were a lot of hills. There was an there was an uplift. incline. So like the cars go up when they're going into turn one, which is really neat because NASCAR's always like going around in circles. And I mean they have they have banking, but they're not actually going up the banking. Oh, and fun fact, because we were saying that the track was made for F1, Mario Andretti won the very first F1 race at Coda. So as Johan said, there was a lot of like big stuff that was happening and that was because it started raining and it caused these cars to basically struggle throughout the race in fact literally the first few laps mom you want to tell them what happened well so normally in nascar races we do not see any uh, racing in rain because they drive in slicks but because of the race course this was a race course they actually had rain tires and we had talked about the rain tires in another um and another podcast or episode, we had talked about the difference. You know, it's got those grooves similar to what our tires on regular cars have. And so they were able to run in the rain. And so when the race started, 
uh, the rain started uh, when the race started there. It really wasn't raining. We knew that there was going to be rain because it was forecasted. And so some of the cars were prepared with rain tires and then other actually weren't they all pre- didn't they all have rain tires? And then like within like the first lap, they went in to get slicks because it wasn't raining. Yet. Well, actually, it was they um they had um wet tires. Then they came in. Some of them came in for for slicks, but then some of them stayed out because they knew, oh, it's gonna get worse. So why don't we stay with these um wet tires? Yeah. So some of those that got the that made the switch made the switch because with slick tires you can advance quicker on dry um, asphalt. And then there were those that stayed with the tires, the rain tires, because they knew that they were going to have to be switching soon. And, and and the thing with the rain tires is if it's not wet, it actually will slow the car down and you'll actually burn through those tires uh, even more because you'll burn through those grooves. Because uh, some of the cars, when they took off the, the rain tires, they had been driving in dry conditions on that track, the asphalt, and it actually looked kind of like a slick tire yeah they wore they wore uh through so you really needed to make sure you made the right decision if it was going to rain you wanted to be in the rain tires if it was going to be dry track you wanted to be in slicks and depending and and again there were some drivers that decided to stay out with with slicks and some that stayed out with the rain and they definitely had an advantage when it wasn't raining on the slick tires versus the rain tires and all that. So it definitely showed up very early in the race. Well, early in the race, um, it was not raining that much. So Austin Cendrick, a guy who's not ra- racing full-time, but he's racing for Penske part-time, and he was on slick tires leading the race. He was not He was not racing. He was just going for a Sunday dr- a drive. Yeah, he was literally pulling away from everyone else in slicks and it was amazing even the announcers were talking about it yeah it was pretty cool to see him like just taking off and actually doing well and much better than all of these drivers who were much more experienced than him and have uh and they had like wet tires and like for some reason Cindric just was doing so much better well honestly how crazy this race was uh, this is how um, a summary of it montreal 2009 well, you got to give context. Not everybody's going to know what you're talking about. So Montreal 2009 was basically a nationwide race, but it was in Montreal and it was raining. Everybody was wrecking. It was a disaster. And then the biggest mess up of all was the wheel hop. And Carl Edwards ended up winning. Well, the other thing, too, to describe the race for those that didn't watch it was imagine you're driving down a highway and what ends up happening when there's water on the ground, the uh, tires kind of create like this wake, uh, uh, essentially, of the water. And what were they calling it on the, what were the announcers calling it? The back of the cars when they were going fast and the rain was kind of shooting up. Uh, I think, it was it a trail? Rooster tails. Rooster tails, that's what it was. And it, because it looks like the rooster tail as they were flying down, but the but the problem with this track and with all of the elevation changes, and it just was a lot of water that was dumped on the track. You could not see. These are big cars, and they were creating these wakes of, of splash, and it was hard to see. Around Actually, around the end of stage one, when they had to do a restart because of a wreck, 
uh, they actually said when Joey Logano was leading, uh, coming into the first turn, even the announcers said that unless you're Joey Logano, you couldn't see anything because you were just going to get blinded by the rooster tails. Because he was in the front, and yeah, he didn't have anybody creating a wake in front of him. Yeah, and that like continues to one of the big crashes of the day, which took out four drivers, Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace, and Christopher Bell. But the thing is, the it was so rainy and it was hard to see that we didn't even know what exactly happened. They had to use reconstructions, uh, digital reconstructions, for us to understand what happened. Because at one moment, we're just watching the leader. Then at the next moment, we've got all these cards wrecked. And we're like, wait, wait, wait. How do we get from point A to point B? How? Yeah. So no. this, is, this is basically what happened. So Ryan Blaney got slammed in the back by Christopher Bell, that spun him, Bell was done, and then Harvick was trying to slow down, and Bubba didn't see him and slammed in the back of him. And as I said, Christopher Bell was in that wreck and was done. And why was that sad for you? He was my pick. He was your pick, yes. We'll get to that later. Yeah, and if you thought that was crazy, wait till you hear about the next big wreck, which involved Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Custer. So... Martin Trix Jr. was going down the track and he he got damaged, right? And as everyone else was slowing down, for some reason, Cole Custer was speeding across the track and then rammed right into the back of Martin Trix Jr., nearly flipping the 19 car. Yeah, he said he was rolling down. <laughs> he was rolling down the track and all of a sudden he ended up right behind uh, Martin Truex, like literally underneath him and like lifted him up. Well, part of it, though, he was being a little reckless. Well, that's why I'm saying he said he, he was, was rolling. He was down. rolling down the track. Flying but if you, the, if you see the if you see the the footage on there, most of the drivers were somewhat slowing down because, again, like we were saying, it was really hard to see. It was like torrential downpour and you couldn't see. So as spectators, we couldn't see much of the track. So just imagine the drivers with all the water in front of them. And then you see Cole Custer. You see the 41 just zooming by. I don't know where he thought he was going or because he didn't see anybody. He thought the coast was clear, but he was definitely. But he was just trying to take advantage. I mean, he's a competitor, wanted and, to take and, advantage of the situation, but. And ended up you got to be Truex. careful because you run the risk and look what happened. Martin Truex was like on the brakes. He didn't know and boom, plowed into him and really caused a lot of damage to both cars. All right, Johan, why don't you take us through the stages? Well, stage one was um, Joey Logano won, and how he won was Michael McDowell was leading, and Joey Logano was in second, so he passed Michael McDowell for the stage win. So I was saying, this is Joey's revenge after what happened in Daytona. Which was what? Uh, I really don't want to say because Gio's going to get upset. Okay. It was basically a last lap crash. Uh Uh-huh, that's true. Okay. And And then stage number two was Kyle Busch, and the M&M's mixed Toyota Camry. Yeah, Kyle Busch did pretty good. And something I realized, which you'll you'll figure out when we get to the winner of the race, the three boys had a, their driver win a stage. Gio's driver won stage one, my driver won stage two. And, and Chase Elliott won the race. Let's go! First one of the season. And he only led... The last five laps, 
when they were brought down because it was too the rain it was, was too, too much. wet. It, like everybody was saying, Erica's step. I watched his video. He was saying it was a good idea that NASCAR called the race. It was a good idea. Everybody was saying a that, lot of the drivers agreed. For mom for it. And all right, Gia. all right, all right, all right. Let me let me speak before you throw me under the bus and make me look like a bad person. Some of you on who listen to the podcast and have been here for quite a while may know I'm not a Chase Elliott fan. I don't enjoy watching him on the track. Back I do like story. to see a little bit of conversation or um sorry, a little bit of action, you know, between some drivers and Chase. But I'm not a fan of his. Backstory. Now I will pick him up. I will choose Chase Elliott over Dick. Austin Dillon and Cole Custard anytime. But still, I'm not a Chase Elliott fan. Anyway, I was not happy with the way the race finished. Not because I don't like Chase Elliott. It was rather because of the fact that NASCAR calls the race for too much rain while having a race in rain. And there were points in the race where the rain was even worse than when it got to near the end of the race. So NASCAR realized it was really unsafe. Well, I think they should have decided. They should have decided earlier when it. Martin Truex Jr. They realized got rammed too into. Late. That's the thing. I don't. I don't like mind call them. Race. You guys I don't mind the rain to calm You're down. Then keep bitter. going. No, no, no. I'm not because bitter. Chase Elliott, no, who I have not, picked to win, I'm not was leading I'm when not. they decided. I don't to call. have a okay, problem Dad, with whatever. The that, whatever you say. I don't I, care for these um race picks. I just want to see the drivers. I yes, it's nice to win, but who cares about this race picks? You want to see drivers that you like to win. I don't care that dad that dad got points and I like really didn't. I got to see my favorite driver win. And quick backstory why Gio doesn't like Chase Elliott. Bristol. Yeah, yes, Chase and Joey, Chase got and Joey collided in right, Brad. Let's, let's get back let, to mom. What or Sebastian or mom and then Sebastian. Mom. Like him, but okay. What are your thoughts on the end of the race? Okay, so my thoughts on the end of the race are similar to what Johan what Gio was saying. I don't care that Elliott won. I just my problem or Chase Elliott won. I my problem with it is that there were parts of the race where it was raining really, really bad. And those crashes that we mentioned earlier were because the rain was so heavy. And why didn't NASCAR stop it then? Why didn't they red flag it? I was very excited for this race because it was a new track for NASCAR. And I really wanted to see it and enjoy it. It would have been great had it not rained, but it did rain. And I know that these cars can run in the rain, but there's a difference between rain and then like a torrential downpour. And there were parts where it was a torrential downpour, just like at the end. And NASCAR decided not to, you know, they didn't stop it when it was really bad. Like the drivers could not see towards the middle of the race when it was so bad. They could have stopped it and waited or I, I mean, it's just it just did not seem fair. And it has nothing to do with Chase Elliott. It has to do with the fact that there were drivers who wrecked out because the conditions were so bad. And then they decide to just say, hey, towards the end of the race, you know, let's just stop it because conditions are bad. And could it have been possible that they were hoping that the conditions were to, were going to get better and they rolled the dice to try and get in at least halfway because the race is official when it's halfway. And then they realized, you know what, it's still not getting better. And when they had another wreck, and I think it was the Kyle Busch near miss where his his car kind of locked up and he barely missed hitting two people and split. 
and then there was another wreck. That oh, that happened. was Kurt Busch. That was Kurt Busch. Yeah, was Kurt Busch. Sorry, Kurt Busch. And he went into the gravel yes. and then the grass and all of that. And then after that, and there was another incident. I think NASCAR just said, "Okay, enough." And you want to know? But I think that they were kind of still like weighing their options and playing around yeah, with it because and they, realized, they were. You know what? But, the weather's not. But I don't turn think. Better. But that's the thing. I think it's such a waste of a good race. Like for example, because there were all these wrecks, they decided to do restarts with single file instead of double, right? Well, now you're lining up all these cars on this giant track and it makes it harder for these cars in I, the rain 100% to advance. hear you. And I but just, what could NASCAR have done different in that situation? I think they should have, when it started raining really bad, I think they should have called the off. race but and again, wait. They had already made the decision to roll the dice to try and make it work. So at the time when they brought the cars in, what could have NASCAR done different? When they brought them in at the end? they brought them in at the end. No, no, no. I'm not talking about bringing them in at well, the end. I'm talking about that they At that should... moment in time. Well, I think they should have the waited. the decision was no, already no, no, no. made. Here's the weird thing. Hold on, Gio. The after they the... always make these decisions. To sometimes they look at the weather and they roll the dice. And they say, we're going to try and keep this going. And then they assess the situation. And they say, you know what? We're not going to be able to get it in. We got to push this race till tomorrow. Or we try to get it in. And they probably looked at the weather. They said, we got rain tires. Maybe we can make it work. And it they made the decision. And it didn't work out. And they made the right decision at that. Because the thing is, I totally get what you're saying. But what I don't understand and I don't agree with is that you're upset that NASCAR made the call then. Why didn't they make it before? They can't go back in time. Like the fact that they called the race when they did and Chase won it. It is what it is. They At that point in time, the only decision was call the race or wait until the conditions Tony, are better. I get to that put you can't go back, back in the past. It's not about going back in the past. I'm not asking you to rewind the clock for NASCAR. What I'm saying is that and I'm not saying that NASCAR's decision to, to stop the race when they did was wrong. All I'm saying is they should have looked at these things prior to that prior toward to all of these cars running and wrecking during this time. They did. They assessed it as it happened and they made the decision to try to roll the dice to see if it could work its way out. It wasn't the right decision clearly because more cars got in wrecks and stuff, but at least they tried had they just ended the race then and flipped it to the following day. You know, maybe the conditions would never have improved. We probably would not have been able to watch the race because we would all been. I think you guys were still in school and we had work and stuff. They tried to make it happen. I, 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 I at least give them credit for trying to make it happen. And the weather is out of their hands. They did the best that they could. So, And you know who Mother Nature's favorite driver is? The number nine of Chase Elliott. Yes. Well, that yes, this is the second rain type race that he ended up winning. All right. Last remarks on this, and then we'll move on to the Coca-Cola 600. Honestly, with the ending, I really, eh, for me, it could have gone either way. Like, I really don't. It's a, it's cool that Chase Elliott run won, but to be honest, the thing I'm wondering is, who in NASCAR really does not like me? Because for some reason, I've had the worst luck. I need to find out who's intentionally targeting I, my driver. I honestly before think I it's get the opposite, Sebastian. I, I think what it is is that you don't like the drivers that you pick because for some reason, every time you pick a driver, the guy could have been top five the week before and then somehow he finishes out outside the top 15, usually outside the top 20. Uh, yeah, I don't understand because, yeah, we're going to see that trend continue. 
Um, all right. So, Johan, why don't you take us through the top five finishers of the race? Well, the top five finishers of Coda were AJ Allmendinger in fifth, Ross Chastain in fourth, Joey Logano in third, Kyle Larson in second, and Chase Elliott in first. All right. Karen, uh, real quick, why don't you run down all of our race picks uh, and where they finished for those of us that made those picks this past uh, two weeks. Okay, well, as we heard several times, Chase Elliott came in first, and that's who Tony picked. Uh, I picked Kurt Busch, and he finished 27th. I thought he was going to do much better than that. But again, the rain, you know, the weather conditions didn't uh, help. Uh, Sebastian picked Brad Keselowski, who finished in 19th. Giovanni had Joey Logano, and he finished in third. And Johan picked Christopher Bell, who we heard earlier got in a wreck, so he finished 38th. Well then, let's move on to the Coca-Cola 600, which was, I don't know, at least for me, it kind of felt like a... I don't know, a bit of a lackluster race. There were some entertaining parts, but for most of the part, it was really just a Hendricks show. Again. I really don't care. Hendricks is the best team. Better than Petty Enterprises. Well, we, yeah, we can talk about I the always reason have been why a, you can say that now. I always have been a, a Hendricks fan. Yes, we know. We know Mr. Uh, Jimmy Johnson fan club over there. Well, it was, again, Memorial Day weekend, right? Part of the biggest day in motorsports, 1,100 miles of racing. We had watched the Indy 500, and who had won that race? Elio Castroneves. Yes. He um he got kicked off of Penske. Was he kicked off, or did he leave? He was kicked off, and then joined a team that I think wasn't winning that much, and they said, can you get, our, can you get us a win? And he went and got and he delivered them. delivered the biggest win in open wheel racing for them. So, uh, the resident Penske fan club over here wants to chime in real quick about that. So before we get, move on to the Coca-Cola 600, I just wanted to clear up. Elio was not kicked. His contract has ended and he just didn't uh, re- reassign. Right now, right he now, resi- Penske. He didn't resign with them. He didn't resign with them, and then ended up joining this other team. And he, it, it clearly paid off. I mean, it, Penske it was, was his. Team, but how many wins? They went on to. I was going to say fourth? he went on to win his fourth Indy 500. Yeah, That's wild. And the first since when? 2009. 2009. Wow. So won an entire decade and still had enough to win. So anyway, we jump into the memorial, the second part of the Memorial Day weekend racing, which again is the Coca-Cola 600. We had actually two Grand Marshals, Jay Leno and Kevin Eubanks. And and actually, we forgot to mention in the Coda race, it was mom's one of mom's all-time favorite actors. All right, all right, all right. It was Matthew McConaughey. And he was the uh, the the Grand Marshal. I don't do a Jay Leno or a Kevin Eubanks, but uh, we all know who those guys are. They were the Grand Marshals at the Coca-Cola. Jay Leno's that one guy cool. from The Tonight Show. The- Oh, I was going to say the Mickey show that Johan used oh, to watch. Mickey and the Roadster. Oh, yeah. He does, he, does yeah. The voice, he does the he voice of that. the announcer. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah Johan would always watch it. And I was just here and I was like, is that Jay Leno? That's so funny. Well, uh, that yeah. That doesn't sound like him for me. So we kind of alluded to it. It was not as action packed in the sense there was a lot of passing. There were a lot of different lead changes. And honestly, 
it was because one driver just literally dominated the entire race. Kyle Larson won all four stages. And then the last driver who did that was Kyle Busch in 2018. So that means the last two drivers that won all four stages with the dub have Kyle in their name. And also, just to put into perspective, how many, remember, there were 400 laps. Of those laps, Johan, how many did Kyle Larson actually lead? Kyle Larson led 327 laps out of 400. That was like, it was like Truex's performance in 2016. But I don't remember how many laps he led, but Larson like practically led the whole race. Yeah, from start to finish. There was there was definitely some passing. One of our favorite drivers, unfortunately, got sent to the back um, because he had to come in unscheduled pit, which kind of also, because Kyle Larson was so dominant and had lapped so many cars so quickly, this our, this driver, Danny Suarez, was basically locked down, two laps down, and um, not sure if he ever made one of those laps back, but he ended up, of the lapped cars, finishing Yeah, he best. was the first lapped car, or laps car down he finished in 15th but he again was two laps down and then everybody behind him was more you know two or more so yeah it was really hard to get a lap back yeah it was again because Kyle Larson just was so dominating and uh and actually won it now was this his first um 600 win yes and his first crown jewel win and what was the what was the stat that they they like to talk a lot about Car- Kyle Larson that he usually He's never won a, re- a race that's um that's 400 miles like above. This and there's just... and, and there's something else. Well, he comes in second. Yeah. He comes and in doesn't second win. A lot. So it's that whole like always the bridesmaid never the bride yeah. except for this week. And he I was actually <laughs> was counting on that because the last few years it seems like you had a dominant driver who would dominate a lot of laps and then late in the race it became a fuel mileage thing and pit strategy and all of that. And you would have a guy who maybe wasn't as dominant all of a sudden up in the front and winning. And I thought for sure that was going to happen with Kyle Larson, but he just took it all the way and he finished the job. Um, Thankfully, because of the 18, uh, we didn't have another one, two, three, four. Yes. Thank you, Kyle Bush, and I do expect thank yous from the non-Hendrick fans here. Thank you, thank you. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny because the times that Hendrick are the most dominant, it seems like Kyle Bush and Joey Logano are the ones to always bug them. Well, where was Joey Logano today, Mr. Penske? Well, that is why it was Kyle today. Don't worry about Joey. Joey's going to come for you guys next time, all right? So keep an eye on Joey. I'm with Team <laughs> Hendricks over here, and they have a bunch of championships. So you can either join the Hendrick train that has that is the greatest team of all time. I take my chances with Joe Gibbs and Penske. Plus, if you take away Jimmy Johnson's seven championships, how many championships do you guys have compared to the rest? Um, I actually don't know. You got Chase. Well, right now on the team, they only have one. Besides guys, Jimmy guys, Johnson. Guys, you, so. you sound like a bunch of rich guys arguing over whose yacht is bigger. Please. <laughs> it was my right. golden yacht that sank right. to the they're bottom all, of the ocean instantly. They're all great teams. They all have a lot of Hendrick's championships. Is Hendrick is obvious. You can say that because why? Why can? Why do we have to hear this every week from this boy? You got because the greatest driver of no. all time. Guys, it's a record. It just happened. You oh. do not pay attention. And 
What was Petty the record? Petty Enterprises One, two, three, four. had two, 268 wins. But now Hendricks, because of that Coke 600 win, has the most wins out of a NASCAR stock car team. Yep, 269. Penske's not near them. And Joe Gibbs only has 190. So you got to give credit again, to Hendricks. Again, another rich guy <laughs> arguing over the size of his yacht. Uh, so the fact of the matter is, yes, Hendrick was very dominant. They are they are really set well for the future because a lot all their drivers are are super young and already winning and winning championships. And super uh, young and talented. Super young and talented. But again, if it wasn't for Kyle Busch, they probably would have had another one, two, three, four. Because four out of the top five were actually Hendrick. So, Johan, why don't you take us through the top five finishers for this year's Coca-Cola 600? The top five finishers were in fifth, Alex Bowman, in fourth, William Byron, in third, Kyle Busch, in second, Chase Elliott, and in first, Kyle Larson. And four of those guys are yes, Hendricks. Yes, yes, All Hendricks. the Hendricks are in the top ten. Yes, five. Yes, yes. But you, you guys didn't get a one, two, three, four because of a third place. They got Kyle that two Bush. weeks ago. Kyle Bush did it. I, did it was not as <laughs> dominant as Hendricks. Let's go, how, bro. All right, I'm let's just go. gonna say. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just Who gonna has say, more that, that always wins. goes for the winning side. If he was in the middle of a war and his team is losing, <laughs> at the end of it, he would completely dip. Put on the other armor and right. go over to the just, other side and start celebrating like a guy who photobombed that one picture <laughs> of a volleyball right. championship. Just because my name is Arnold does not mean my first name is Benedict. Okay, I'm not Benedict Arnold here. I will say he's not the only traitor in history oh, of stop. film. All I'll say is that no, I I my I like to see greatness and I I do enjoy seeing uh, great teams win. Um. So anyway, like Hendrick Mom, Motorsports. Why don't you take us through our race picks for this week? Well, like we said, Kyle Larson dominated the race and he came in first and that was my pick. So yay me. Uh, Tony picked Denny Hamlin and he came in seventh. Sebastian picked Martin Truex Jr. And once again, was out of the top 10. So no points for Sebastian. See, yes. I, again, we just <laughs> talked about this. What are you doing? Someone is targeting me at NASCAR. No, I, I, I need to go John it. Wick on this. I am find actually, out who's doing this. I'm nervous about, you know, we should just let him go first this week just to see. He'll have pick of the litter. And if that guy finishes out of the top 25, <laughs> we may Wait. have to cancel your race picks <laughs> for the rest of the year. That's actually not a bad idea. We should, because Martin Truex Jr. finished 29th. Yeah, can let's I, do it. I, I actually want to do can it. Wait, can I actually pick first? Because it's no, so no, 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 I want to see right. Sebastian pick right. first. Giovanni picked Daniel Suarez, who didn't do too bad. He finished 15th. Yeah. Disappointing. I mean, it's, so, it is disappointing it is that he wasn't in the top 10 and he didn't get you points. But at the end of the day, at one point, he was in the 30s because he had... He was running well. Like, he actually qualified in the top 10. I think he was 7th or 8th. Stayed up there. Actually passed the car or two. Was up in the top 10. And then had to come in for an unscheduled pit stop. And when it was so early and Kyle Larson was so dominant, it just threw him back. And then all of a sudden, he was two laps down. And he spent the entire day working his way up. Why was this disappointing? Because he had probably one of the top um, uh, pep, talks at the beginning of the race when he had the probably the best hype man there is in the business pitbull who is a co-owner of track house racing uh rallying the team and getting them all excited about how they were doing really well and exceeding expectations and as the everybody team, was pumped as the up. team called it the pitbull stop yes the pitbull stop did, did you just make that up or did that come from no that that was from nascar that was from nascar okay 
And then Johan picked uh, Chase Elliott, who finished in second. And he was the only other driver that had anything besides Kyle Busch for um, for Kyle Larson. So, yeah, it was uh, it was the longest race of the year. But you know what? I we actually stayed up. We watched the whole thing. Uh, it was four four hours, I think. And after it was all said and done, it's part of the the, uh, you know, the Indy 500 weekend. I'm hoping that next year, maybe, maybe we'll see somebody's favorite driver try the double. I think it was since two. I think it's been like 10 years, right? Since the driver has tried to race the Indy and the Coca-Cola 600. Has anyone ever won both? No. The best performance of any driver. Take a wild guess who it was. Marcus Ambrose. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. What? He finished something like sixth in, in one race. And he finished third in the other race. And I, I can't remember which one is which. But he and the race, I think it was the Coca-Cola 600. I know that that race, he ended up having to start in the back because of his trip from Indianapolis to Co- uh, Charlotte for that race that year. He was late and missed the driver meeting. And because of that, NASCAR penalized him and said, you need to start from the back. And even still, he drove through the the field and ended up giving his team a top five. So, yes, Tony Stewart was the only driver to ever come close. Again, that's doing it in the same day. So I'd like to see Jimmy Johnson. And I actually thought this year he was going to try and do it. But, you know, let him enjoy his first year of retirement. Maybe he'll get into it and maybe next year he can pull it off. Well, he was there, but as a broadcaster. That's right. I forgot about with that. With Steve Letard. And what other NASCAR driver? Danica Patrick. Danica Patrick. Sebastian, where are we going next week? Next week, we are doing another road course. We're going to Sonoma Raceway for the Toyota Safe Mart 350. And maybe, hopefully, on this road course, things can actually turn around for me, please. (laughs) Well... It is a special day for me that day also. What's so special about June 6th? It's my birthday. Oh, that's right. You're nine. All right. Very exciting. Well, I think I'm going to had... be number nine. I think you're going to be number nine. So let's see. Maybe you get to pick them on your birthday. But He can. He chose them last week. Oh, that's what, that's what got me. Mad. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see who mom is going to pick this week, because last time we had a road course. She gifted me that driver. What? Am I going to go first? You guys said no. I want to see him go first. No, I want to go first. He's going to pick Lenny Hamlin. All right. Turn turn two. I bequeath my first place to him. Wait, wait, wait. Imagine Sebastian, whoever he picks, gets hit by a a shoe. (laughs) That would be horrible. It's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. All right, we're going to change it up. Last second change here. We're going to test fate. Sebastian seems to have the worst luck. Every time he picks a driver, that driver has probably one of the worst performances of the week. So we're going to give him pick of the litter. Sebastian, who are you picking to win the Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma? All right. So, yeah, I'm going to be tempting some fate here. This guy has a top five finish in both races that we reviewed this week and he does really good on road courses so let's see if chase elliott can actually do something get me points 
or is he going to suffer from my curse? Please don't somehow curse. All right, Chase Elliott. Let's hope he doesn't blow a tire and end up in last base. Karen, you're actually leading. Who are you picking this week to win in Sonoma? Okay, I was going to choose Chase Elliott to see if he's proven that he is the king of the race courses. But since you since your Sebastian took him, I'm going to go with another driver who has won the last two years. And it pains me to always choose him. But again, I do this for points, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going with the number 19 no! of Martin Truex Jr. You've got to be kidding me. Martin Truex Jr. All right. I'm going next. I'm going to go with the guy that I think is going to bring some Miami heat to California. I'm going with Danny Suarez in the number 99. All right, Daniel Suarez. Uh, that leaves us with Johan. Who are you going to pick? I'm going to pick the guy who I picked for the Grand Prix, but he ended up wrecking. But I'm going to give him a second chance. Let's go Christopher Bell and get a second career win. All right, Christopher Bell for Johan and Gio. All right, I've kind of been doing this on and off, and it's kind of getting repetitive, but it seems to be paying off, and I think I might be able to pull out some points this week. Hopefully, I can get something good. So put me down for the number 22, Joy Logano. Those are our race picks for this week at Sonoma. I'm genuinely surprised nobody went for Denny Hamlin. I'm surprised nobody went for Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is dog. Denny Hamlin, like when when I was first thinking about it, I was thinking Denny Hamlin, but then you guys said, you know what? Let's give you guys decided to give me the thing, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna imagine. I'm gonna go with Chase. Imagine Chase Elliott. And Elliott doesn't. Wait, I was originally gonna go with Denny Hamlin, (laughs) but you guys said that you're gonna give me the first pick to see if I could tempt fate and break my curse so i decided Dude, to go with chase elliott Sebastian but denny was my first, first one pick. was like christopher the, bell like the, the kid who gets the first present on christmas oh guys christopher bell is my back is my back pocket card for road courses i i've seen i've seen he can get it done at road courses so there you go looking forward to another race weekend with that giovanni why don't you take us out Thank you so much for listening on in. Please consider subscribing, checking out all of our socials, and downloading our podcast episodes. Anyway, let's go, Racing Family. Out.